You're listening to the one-on-one football podcast, the number one podcast for Aussie rules, training, coaching, and development tips. Welcome back to the one-on-one football podcast. Andrew Raines here, founder and CEO of one-on-one football. Um, great to uh, be back, Harry, um, on the other end, mate. How's things? Yeah, thanks, Ranzi. Good to be back. Good to be back. I'm um, going well down here in Melbourne. You obviously had a trip down here a couple of weeks ago, and we uh, we did some filming, which is uh, which is great to catch up. And then, um, mate, you've been travelling around a bit with the uh, with the holiday masterclasses. Um, how have they been going? Been busy, and hence probably why we'll touch on it. Why we've sort of been off off uh, having released a, a recent podcast offline for a bit. In terms, of, we've been online. Literally, yep. <laughs> um, been obviously busy with uh, building. As you said, I was in Melbourne with yourself. Um, we thought we'd swap it up this time and do our filming content down there. You've come up here last time, and can't wait to uh, to sort of drip feed that through our Footy IQ uh, membership, which we'll, we'll touch on shortly. Um, and then these the master classes. So we did a master class um, sort of summer program throughout Australia um, previously, um, and we got some feedback and some demand around. Um, you know, a school holiday program, and again, I was as as the uh, company director and, and CEO. I thought, you know, sort of obviously got to listen to the market and 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 implement what what the people want, but also too important to note that um, you know we don't want to become you know a, a company or a business where we where we sort of just do you know holiday clinics and and there's uh, there's thousands of kids and and we got one or two coaches out there, so we uh we have to be really careful on on that and 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 stick to what we're about and that's intimate um personalized and and then individualized approach when we can even if it is in small groups and we we thought we succeeded in that we just held um one on the gold coast um last week we just did one in brisbane for the first time and and i flew up to uh to rockhampton to do one up there which was a a, uh, a really exciting prospect and hopefully we can continue to push in, into North Queensland a, a region. What we find is a lot of regional areas and, and demand for these type of things and yeah, flew up there and, and, uh, and, and did an amazing session with, with some really keen kids up there in, in, uh, in Rockhampton. So yeah, been busy mate, flying around a bit and yeah, and keeping, uh, keeping our brand flying strong. Um, yeah, so really proud of what we've achieved over the last couple of uh, weeks and last couple of months. Yeah, and one of those um, one feature of the masterclass was obviously the individual kicking analysis, which we'll get to a little bit later on in the episode. Um, but before we do, mate, um, I believe we've got some new coaches available on the one-on-one football platform. Obviously, um, we're always adding coaches, but um, yeah, this month in particular, we've got some uh, some some ex AFL players and um, a, f- a fair few new coaches. Um, are there any uh, in particular that you wanted to to highlight to the listeners? Oh, look, I'll, I'll go through a few of them. Um, again, that's it's another element to our. So our business have been really busy with and been driving that. Um, yeah, we've got some some great coaches um, in in, uh, in spread out throughout Australia. We've got a, a good mix there. So I'll go through with him through a few of them now. So we've got Andrew Buse, a former Brisbane and Geelong um, superstar. We'll, we'll say superstar. We'll say star. He was, he was he's a very very good player. So Buse probably before a lot of our I wouldn't say our listeners because we've got a good demographic of um, old. old when I say older, my age probably and ranging from sort of yeah mid mid thirties to sort of forties and fifties. Might remember Busey played about 200, 250 games, um, and he's down in Geelong. So yeah, looking forward. He actually runs a PT business too, so hopefully that can coincide pretty well. We've got Matty Eagles, the winner of the recruit, the great Matt Eagles. The big so yeah, the big fella with uh, with the dreadlocks um, played a handful of games at Brisbane and um, and just did a masterclass with him in Brisbane. He he helped out, which was great. Um, we got Billy Gowers, the leading goal kicker from the Bulldogs in the year two thousand seventeen. I think it was. Yep. Played a handful of games at, at the Bulldogs and current 
Southport Shark um, uh, in the VFL. Um, so he's he comes with a great background and based on the Gold Coast, we've got Kurt Aylett. Uh Kurt's um, you know, been been all around the place with his footy in terms of in Victoria, but played at Essendon and he's uh, and played a bit in, in country Victoria and now he's based in northern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, we've got Kyle Emily from Sydney. Um, he, he's he's operating. He played a, a pretty good uh, level of uh, I think NEFL and, and a bit of EFL football too. So yep. he's he's in Sydney. Um, John O'Freeman, who I played with at um, at the Lions. Um, John O was the first player drafted from the Brisbane Lions Academy and when it first started. He's he's in Noosa. Farron Ray, two hundred game um, player with uh, the Bulldogs and St Kilda. I think he finished up his career at North Melbourne too. So he made three clubs similar to myself. Um, he's in Sydney, so another good one in Sydney. Uh, Zach Foot, young player uh, from the Swans, um, the Swans list, and now um, in the VFL with the Sharks up on the Gold Coast. And AJ Dawson, brother of Jacob, has jumped on board. A coach AJ um, in the academy coming through, and he's a uh, QAFL Premiership player and, and keen to get into his coaching. So. Um, yeah, look, a real good mix there of, of, of players that have played at the highest level and, and over 200 games to to, play, to sort of, you know, coaches like AJ or, uh, or Zach who, who are sort of a bit younger, but as we know, um, you know, some can really connect to those younger type of players coming through. Yeah, for sure. And um, how many coaches does that take us to now? Are we, are we close to 170? I think we're around sort of 170 to 180, uh, depending yep. on, you know, sort of people's availability. Sometimes, as we know, they can um, they can sort of pend, uh, sort of, what I say, pending their availability. Sometimes they they log offline for a bit um, as, as life gets busy um, and then log back on. So, yeah, yep. we've got, we hover around that sort of 170, 180, which is, which is great. Um, looking always to put on new coaches and, and some great names. Yeah, yeah, really exciting. And obviously, if if um, you're interested in one of those coaches, then they're not and they're not in your area, um, you can still connect with them with a uh, for a virtual session, which um, which has been sort of growing in popularity. I was speaking to Dale Tapping this morning, actually, Ranzi, um, and, and and some of his footballers from back when he was in Queensland. Uh, he's still connecting with and, and doing virtual sessions, um, oh, some around unreal. mentoring, but also like yeah. game education as well. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty important. I was actually in Rockhampton yesterday um, for a master class, and um, look, it's a fine balance again from a from a business point of view and, a, and our strategy is that you know we, we're trying to we're trying to connect people with with really good coaches, um, and and sometimes with that we we do probably put in a fairly strict sort of application and make sure they're the right people. So yep. um, you know we're, we're in Rockhampton, a few of the parents were asking, is there a coach in the area? Now we're, we've potentially got a few coaches lined up there, but haven't actually put one on yet because. I just understand the region who's who's there for a really good example um, of that, and well, I suggested you know you can jump on board for a virtual coaching session, and I did actually two or three sessions last week virtually with with um, some kids out of Melbourne and and on the Gold Coast, even on the Gold Coast here, there's been really poor conditions with rain, and we couldn't organise a session, so end up doing a virtual session. So, guys, if you're listening, jump on board, and and sometimes during the footy season too, it might be a good opportunity to sort of do these sessions. It's off legs, it's a mentoring yeah. session. You can talk more about the game than you probably would be in the summer or the off season. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a reason why we build it. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, 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 um, we'll touch on that a little bit later in the episode as well about some of those um, tips for this point in the year and how you can continue to uh, keep developing your game. And obviously, that's that's one part of it. Now, Ranger, the first um, agenda item for today's episode is a bit of a recap of the AFLW season. Um, we had the W Awards last week, of course, and it was a very memorable event for a few reasons, Ranzi. 
Very, very much so. There was a, uh, there's some stuff that I've seen on footy trips um, being performed in the uh, AFLW uh, night of nights, which is um, no, it was all, all in good, all in good uh, spirits. And Craig Startovich should be very proud of his efforts, being a great coach. I know Stars pretty well, so um, the shoey was was fantastic. Um, history, and huge congratulations to um, Emily Bates from from yeah from Brisbane Lions. Um, you know that's the reason why he did one, and, and I just want to shout out to her. Um, fantastic season. Watch her a bit. Throughout um throughout my time sort of watching the AFLW and she just racks up the ball she continually yeah. gets it um talk about footy IQ she's got a great footy IQ knows how to find the footy and yeah very very well deserved and, and as I said back to Stars um you know sort of uh, I didn't think he was going to do it and she I think she did she di- didn't think he was going to do it either but he did it so I think it uh yeah will go down in history as you said so yeah really really uh really good night for the Lions and and obviously um you know with Emily being uh being a well well deserved winner. Yeah, for sure. And um, just a quick shout out as well to friend of the show, Katie Brennan, who um, received her uh, second All-Australian selection back-to-back now um, as a, as a centre-half forward. And um, yeah, I obviously just want to shout her out. Obviously, I know how hard she works and um, yeah, really, uh, really deserving um, for that, that back-to-back All-Australian selection. We, we've got two episodes, episode 8 and 14, um, where you can, can listen to, to some of Katie's um, inspiration and, um, and, and get an insight into, into her career. Yeah, well done, Cardi. Fantastic. She's so consistent, isn't she, Harry? And I know she's yeah. a really, really good friend of yours. You say she's a friend of the show. Um, great friend of yours. And, and, and I've, I've heard you speak a bit about her. And obviously, you've, you've, um, you've spent some, a lot of time with her and just her ability to be a pro. I think, and we'll touch yeah. about that on a fair bit later in the show about how you go about that. And she's definitely yep. one of those people. Yeah, she's an absolute prototype for, um, I think professionalism like as you said we'll, we'll touch on um a, a young player coming through the system now that we that we um that we also think has similar traits but um yeah for in, in terms of the aflw in, t- in terms of um anyone that, that that i've come across in the in the afl or the aflw i think she's um yeah she's always looking for the edge and and, and even if she's injured or something she's she finds a way around it and there's she's got a real sort of no excuses attitude so um yeah i'd really encourage anyone to go back and listen to those episodes because um there's a, there's a lot that that we can all learn from um from someone like katie and um hopefully I don't know, i'd love her to end up in a, in a coaching role somewhere as well mm. i think she's um oh it should be fantastic got those skills along with um daisy pierce and, and the likes as well so um yeah a bit of a pump up for katie there she'll love that um now we have an interesting stat as well, Rainsy. So Taylor Harris, of course, um, at the Demons, uh, she's played in three grand finals, which I actually um, didn't realise. And all three of those grand finals have been for three different teams and against the same opposition every single time in Adelaide. Bit stiff for um, for Taylor. She's she's played in a lot of grand finals, but but hasn't won one won one yet. Um, it'd be it'd be great to see her um, get up and, and and win an AFLW flag. But um, yeah, just a bit of an interesting start that we saw the yeah. AFL post during. The I week. think I saw that the other day, and obviously you've noted pretty well in our show notes. It's um, she's uh, yeah been a bit stiff. Um, fantastic, but I sort of I hadn't taken a huge like I, I watch a bit of. Uh, watch a bit of the AFLW and watch more probably the Queensland teams and saw her early days come through and, and thought she was an incredible kick and um, and a, a really nice mark and things like that. But I think it was a game she played against the Lions up here and she absolutely tore the game apart. Yeah. And, and against the Suns, I think she played too. So I was watching those games and she was incredible. So she's really backed up. Um, you know, she's a, a fair media figure and, and mm. um, you know, sort of not afraid to sort of speak out and, and, and talk about any issues in the game. And, and she's backed that up with an incredible season. But also, too, just a huge congratulations to Erin um, Phillips, um, Adelaide Crows. Um, huge, huge. Yeah, massive. I, I just think she's an incredible player. Um, she's 
head and shoulders, I think, above a lot of the players over over the time of the AFLW. I yep. think she's just been incredible. And um, yeah, I think I think she'll I think she'll go to Port Adelaide. Yep, I think yep. she will. Yeah, I, I think it's so. In the family, I think, um, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, her yep. father played there, and um, it's just I reckon it'd be a really nice fit. I mean, I know she's she's been part of the Crows, um, you know, yeah, culture and everything that's come yep. through, and everyone sort of. Um, you know, affiliates himself, affiliates her with the Adelaide Crows, but um, I think it'd be a great move into a coaching yeah. sort of playing role. Um, if it's just coaching, but um, I think she's um, she'd be a great fit for it. Yeah, after the after the third premiership as well, there's no stone left unturned. It's uh, mm. at the Crows, so she'd be a great person for that um, for the for the Port Footy Club to build their AFLW program around. Um, obviously, nothing's confirmed yet, but it, uh, no. yeah, I reckon, I reckon that, that's uh, the most likely. A few with with expansion this this year, Ranzi. A few big trades already that have that have happened in the AFLW. We've got um, uh, Maddie Presparkis and Georgia G from Carlton that have um, already committed to to Essendon, which is a, a, a huge move for probably two of Carlton's mm. biggest players to a, to a rival club in Essendon. Um, but look, I, I guess that's a that's what we want to see in the AFLW. We want we want to see the the best players being being spread around, and um, obviously now we're going to have all eighteen teams. It's um, yeah, very busy trade period for the for the girls. Well, I think we saw that in the men's comp when the Suns came in and Ablett moved up to the Gold Coast and you know GWS, yeah. they, they had some big signings too. So it's just part of I think, the expansion of um, of when you do those things. So yeah, it's good to see. Absolutely. And now, mate, um, second talk, talking point is obviously the, the, the men's season. So uh, for the, the listeners, um, the, the junior footballers, uh, we're probably a, a couple of rounds into the season, um, depending on, on which league you play in. Obviously, the, the AFL has kicked off a, a few years, uh, a few weeks before that. The VFL, I think, is in round two, um, and then most junior junior competitions are sort of starting in round one. Now, in your experience as a as a player and a coach, what are some common mistakes um, that you see in young players at this time of year? Whether it's a, a mindset or or a, or a training habit, or what what are some common mistakes? Oh, some mindset sort of stuff I reckon, and, and and sort of dealing with a few players at the moment, just around their form. If they're not in great form early days, they sort of feel like they've, you know, they're not going to have a great season. I really mm. think that's a an, an area that they've just got to keep working on and work work their way through. Or they might have an injury and they're sort of a bit down at this time of year, and yep. it's a big season. Um, so that you know, it's a it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So um, that's a huge thing from a, a mindset point of view. Um, and I think. Um, I think too, from a training point of view, just to be able to make sure that you know they're sort of getting that extra craft and, and sharpening their skills up this time of year. You know, there's probably less time spent yeah. in the gym and less time running and things like that, and really focusing on your craft. Yep, yeah, for sure. And so, is there a? Um, so obviously, the the mindset we, we know it's a it's a it's a long term mindset. Um, if you're not getting picked in the team every week, you mentioned uh, maybe an injury or it could be form, um, and you're only one or two rounds in, in, into the season. The, the mindset's extremely important, but but what can you do to get back into the side? Are there any actions that, that, that you recommend to, to players out there who aren't getting picked in the team every week? Um, it's it's more so just to be able to sort of... It's it's usually around that selection time, um, and, they're, and they're sort of... Obviously, at club footy, they're, they're going to get a game, or or they're or even at club footy, they might have a Division 2 team, and they're trying to get the Division 1 or Division 3 up to Division 2, whatever it is. Um, yep. or, or a representative team. So they're going to be playing some level of football. So that's, you still get the opportunity to play. It's a bit like, um, you know, I went through my career at times and playing the reserves, and you just got to be able to go, your next cap off the rank. So you, when you're ready, you've got to be ready. And I've seen actually a few players come in this year in the AFL um, 
that are that are, that are ready to go. Um, they've been playing it a few times in the. Yeah. I think I saw young Malcolm Roses from the Gold Coast Suns play the other other day, and he's been just doing oh, his time. The twos comes in and kicks three, yep. but he's been he's got some good form in the in the VFL. So there's a really good example of going okay. Well, yeah. when I get my opportunity, um, I'm going to make most of it. So that, so you will play some level of football wherever it is. It doesn't matter. You've yeah. got to be in really yep. good form. And I often had coaches say to me before, and it actually it came true a few times that. If your form is good in the twos, or the form's good wherever you're playing, you go up a level. It should continue through. Like you, yeah, you got yep. if you go and get thirty possessions at a, le- a lower level, but then you come up, you, you've actually that thirty possessions doesn't get wiped because you're playing up a level. Yeah, you, you're in good form. So that's a bit different to come back from injury. I think the form thing, you know, being left out, a tiny bit different to come back from injury. But yep. um, that's that's a really good response to be able to make um, and, uh, and and do it from there. So I think. Um, I think the other one too is just to be able to sort of um, the feedback you do get um, from your coaches take it on board. So why yeah. why, why you're not in the side? There's always some reason. You, you, know, you can blame others and go, oh, that that person's in over me and I should be in. Well, let's actually give them no excuse not to pick you. So there's always an area why you're not in the side. There's all or, or why you get selected. So zoning on that area and that feedback. Don't worry about anyone else and make sure that's right. Cover that off and give them no excuses. And, and it's obviously important to be proactive in that area as a football. Like I, I know I've been, I think when I was dropped in a, in a VFL game, at my first response is like, oh, I, sh- I should be picked. I, I think I should be picked. And it's almost, you know, a bit of ego or whatever. But then if you actually put that aside and actually go and talk to the coach and ask for feedback and be proactive in that sense and not, and not wait for someone and not wait for them to give it to you, then you're showing a bit of initiative. And do you think that's something that um, players need to get better at perhaps is, is going and actually talking to the coach and asking for a meeting and sitting down and actually yeah. and, and requesting that feedback themselves. Yeah, with the feedback one, it's, it's an interesting one. You sometimes get players that hold back a bit and actually yep. being a coach myself, and it's hard when you're a younger age too, but being a coach yourself, you actually you actually remember those conversations more. You actually gets because you're so busy or um, you know, necessarily different levels of... Um, of coaching if you're a rep side, if you're in a full-time academy and you get the coach the full-time, but maybe even a club coach that's not full-time and they're just sort of part-time. The players, there's so much going on, you've got to worry about every single player. And sometimes as an individual, you think that you should be first in mind, um, but you're not always. They've got so many things on their mind. And I realised that when I was a coach myself, but those players that do come up to you, you actually do remember the conversation a bit more and you go, oh, next time they run it, you're thinking of that conversation in the back of your head. It's a bit like, I think we said it before, yeah. the, um, you know, squeaky squeaky wheel gets the oil and yep. it's a really good quiet because it's you know they're the ones that sort of um you know get, you have the forefront of the mind when you're making decisions so get that feedback and then the other thing too, too is you you're on the same page you know just to have those hard conversations they are not easy sometimes but just go and seek it and you may as well get it from the horse's mouth yeah absolutely and then obviously there's there's actions that need to come once you've got the feedback so Mate, when the season rolls around, uh, we know that there's typically a, a drop-off in the amount of extras um, that we're doing because obviously we have to recover from the weekend's game, um, which makes total sense. The, the total training volume is probably lower as well as the extras. Uh, but we want to make sure that those those gains that we're, you know, the, 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 the RFIs or the areas that we want to improve, that we, we don't stop developing on them during the season. So what's your advice to players to ensure that they continue making gains during the season on, on their skills? Oh, it's just that you know, sort of making the the making the time to actually be able to go and do it. You know, like and and setting up your schedule. I yeah. think it's really important having a diary. You had a, a sort of a diary, didn't you, when you were coming through the ranks as a junior player? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I used to. I had a little like a little whiteboard in my room that I'd sort of 
um, write down all the different commitments and then um, sort of, I guess, look at it and make sure it wasn't too much, but then also look for little ways to squeeze more in, whether it was before a session. So I, I found a whiteboard helped, but I know other players have mm. got like a training diary um, yeah. or like a calendar that they sort of organize things on. So I think just keeping yourself accountable, you know, each week checking in, make yourself accountable. How do I keep continuing to, to improve? Yeah, again, it's not, if it's in the season, maybe it's not as, you know, a heavy workload type of setup, but it's just being able to, to get something done and footy in the hands and, and some extra. So I think that's the best way to sort of be able to continue those gains. Yep, awesome. And now we've, we've spoken about this as well on a, on a previous episode, but there's more ways that you can improve your footy other than training, which is um, obviously one of those is, is, is football education and watching vision. Um, and by vision, we mean um, behind the goals footage from, from games, whether that's your own game or an elite player that plays in your position that you, that you want to be like. Now, what are the benefits of, of, of watching vision, Ramsey, during, during, uh, during the season? Oh, I think it's massive, and if you can get to a live game, even better because you can see so much more stuff off off um, off the TV, and you see the running patterns and all that sort of stuff. You see how ferocious and quick and fast the game is. Um, I think that's that's an incredible thing to actually watch. So if you are in you know those sort of city areas, to be able to go and watch a, a live game is fantastic. But just watching the TV, watching as much footy as possible, obviously not burning yourself out so you're sick of football, but just being able to watch um you know watch the game and understand, watch players, watch where you where you're typically going to play and match yourself up towards that, that player who is in that position, that AFL player. So I think that's that's incredible, just being able to watch vision and learn and learn and learn the game. Um, you know, I think that the... the the, the the ones that watch the more the, the most footy more more into the game you know know the players things like you just pick it up straight away okay they they become better footballers because they live yeah. and breathe it for sure and you know if you if you want to play like Bontempelli then 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 watching him play is going to mm. be the um, is going to be a great catalyst for, for for your improvement you know you see kids that um, just reenact what they see or they imitate yeah. their idols or you know when your babies Rainsy your, your, your son Xander um, one year old now nearly one yes. yeah nearly um, one he'll, he'll be imitating things that you're doing well it's a bit like um, Labish yeah Labashane in the, in the cricket you know com- I love watching all sports and, and, and compare it to footy but Labashane mm-hmm. yeah sort of he just wanted to imitate Smith and he actually nearly like what sorry he wanted to become Smith he imitated him that much and, and practice so much that he actually nearly plays like him now and, and they've got a sort of similar some similar traits and it's the yeah. same I remember you you know you do different you know things in the backyard when I was coming through and yeah whether it was cricket or footy try and um, you know imitate or, or, or take uh, take a few things from those you know, your favourite players which, which I think is really important Definitely, definitely, and and obviously different players are gonna um, get uh, have different strategies for for improving their footy education. And you don't have to be watching hours and hours every week. You might um, you might pick and choose a couple of um, games to watch, or, or a couple of um, on the on the on the membership, the Footy IQ membership. We've got um, different breakdowns of, of running patterns and little insights. So you, if you've got the resources there, you don't necessarily have to bulk yourself up with it you can you can spread it out over um over a course and then that allows you i guess to um tailor it to, to your training program and then if you dedicate time like you were saying before rains you, you probably set yourself up for um for success yeah absolutely and i think um i think it's it's the best thing about sort of the footy iq and, and we'll touch on surely is, is the ability to be able to watch it in your own terms and your in your own on demand um i think that's that's another thing important because you know, the, the week does get busy and, and you've got school and you've got all these other things too for your junior football. So it's just about fitting in the right time and, and be able to watch and educate yourself as much as you can away from the field. Because if you leave it to those two hours of training and two hours of game day a week, it's not enough. And we spoke about that before, I think, which is really important. 
yeah, and there's, there's there's always going to be players that are um, that are dedicating more time into, into into what they're doing. We'll talk about one of them um, shortly. But Renzi, for players who are managing an injury yeah. at this time of year um, and having to watch their teammates play from the sidelines, which um, you and I both know can be extremely frustrating, and it's easy to get into a, a, mm. a, a frustrated mental state. But do you have any tips and tips and tricks for for how players can stay focused and 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 maybe focus on a bigger picture rather than catastrophizing what's happening in, in the short term if they are injured. Yeah, I remember my injuries, and, and you would have gone through this yourself too. You look at the big picture and you go, oh, shit, like, imagine if you a 10-week injury and you, all you think about is missing all those 10 weeks. Yeah. But if you break it down into a little rehab program or whatever it is and have those little gains and wins along the way, it might break it down to a week or two or two weeks or four weeks yeah. and review things. Don't give yourself 10 weeks of, you know, if, pro- if the prognosis is 10 weeks, yeah, we'll take that on the chin, but you may get back quicker, important not to rush, but you may get back in 12, 13 weeks. Mm. It's longer, so you've got to revisit every week as, as you go, and I think those little milestones you can tick off, um, you know, with your injury is important, and they're little wins along the way. So if you can have those little milestones and goals tick off each week, um, I think that helps your mental state because you, it's... Again, it's like anything, if you think about it too much and you can't, as you said, catastrophize it all, gets it gets really cloudy in your mindset and um, you know, that's when negativity hits in and that we know what the negativity mindset can do on the body also, that that mind body connection. So yeah, really important to just be able to stay positive, stay in the moment and, and take those little wins along the way. Definitely, definitely. No, that's awesome advice. And um now mate, uh that's that, that's the footballer side of things. Now, if we move into into coaches, now um, at this point in year where maybe a couple of rounds down, you might have lost a couple of games, and um, and and your team's not performing how you want them to, and um, there's a lot that obviously goes through uh, coaching aside as well, which 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 you've got a lot of experience in. If we get really specific for a moment, and we talk about addressing the players during a game, whether it's the pre-game meeting, quarter time, half time, three quarter time, or even at the end of the game. What's important for a coach? Are there any? Are there any? Um, I guess key points that you think are, are, are really crucial to to have an effective address that um, that actually assists the team. Well, you want to be able to be adaptable as a coach, but also to the same time you want to have you know a bit of structure behind the way you you're coaching and and those the the key mm-hmm. words you you're sort of talking about all the key focus areas. So you don't want to be changing things um, you know ridiculously every quarter. Um, or each week, if that's if that's sort of um, you know something that you that's been happening. But I think um, the importance of being able to stick to the same consistent messaging, um, staying sort of you know clear and concise in what you're saying, and then also sort of staying calm. You know, I think that um, you know football can be a reactive game, and you react to things differently. But I think if you're putting the things in place um, and you stay consistent in your messaging, I think the players actually respond really well to yep. that. But then at the same time, if it's not working, then you revisit it the next week and you work on it through the week at training and it might be a bit of a different style. You play th- through a different team. It doesn't mean you throw everything out, but you might be, that's those different ways to be able to adapt. You're playing a different team. We'll train it during the week. You know, make sure the players are on the right on the right page with you, um, with your messaging and important to stay, not throw everything out if, um, if you know, you get beat by 50 points the first week. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a really good point. I think that's something that, as a player I've I picked up on is that in the middle of a game it's hard to sort of take on too many words and too much theory from a coach but you always pick up on their emotions like if, if like you said if someone's calm the players are going to reciprocate that emotion so like is there something um, it, do you reckon going into a 
into a coach's address with a specific sort of emotion that you want to, or, or um, a calmness, is that something that you'd focus on as well as the structures and feedback? I think, I think so, yeah. The, the calmness at all in your voice if, if definitely depicts how it's all going, then they'll pick up on that spot on because if you're not calm, the players aren't going to be calm either. But at the same time too is, was doing the coach seminar uh, in Rockhampton after our our, um, our our masterclass the other day, and talking to some coach up there, and I just was speaking about don't don't be afraid to actually, you know, use some aggression yeah. sometimes, and use a hot, you know, sort of a bit of height in your voice, and and actually use a good old spray occasionally <laughs> if if it's needed, because that has got some merit if you don't use it all the time, but you don't want to be using it all the yeah. time, but it definitely has a bit of you know a wake up to some players if they need it. Yeah, yeah, I guess there's a there's a right time and place for each um each emotion as a coach. Now, Renzi. Moving into our third talking point. So this one's um, really exciting. We, we've sort of had discussions about um, about this player on and off uh, for the past sort of couple of months. There was an article that came out on AFL.com about uh, Will Ashcroft, uh, who's got a lot of hype around him to go uh, number one draft pick next year. Uh, so it's under-18s um, player this year, um, father and son pick to the Brisbane Lions if they if they want it. Now, we, we shared this article on our social media pipes because, because we think that um, the uh, Will's attitude uh, really sort of... Um, typifies what we're all about here at one-on-one football mm. in that article and obviously you've coached will at the sun's academy what what um what stood out to you reading that article what stood out to me is he, he's one of the most talented players coming through this year's draft and he's doing probably more than most kids are mm. so i think i've said on this show before that um and i said a lot um when i've coached and and, and spoken to people with advice and things like that is that if he's the most talented, one of the most talented players coming through, and he's got the highest work rate and dedication to the game, then that's an incredible recipe for success. And then my question is to players that want to get drafted, because everyone wants to get drafted, mm-hmm. and he's doing more than you, and he's more talented than you. Well, what chance have you got? Yeah. So you got to, you got to, players are really got to break that down. I think they're going through an interesting age. Um, it's sort of sixteen to eighteen, where sometimes it's not cool to do the extras. Sometimes it's not cool to be. You know, um, trying hard at something, but you know, players like Will that come through, and you can just see it from the early days when I coached him at the Suns Academy, and um, you know, got to wish he stayed there on the, the Gold Coast. But um, obviously, Marcus got moved on, and Marcus, his dad, who I'm good mates with, and, and my former boss, that um, you know, used to obviously drill that. He comes from a really good background and family that you know, dedication gets you a long way, and you could already see he had that at a young age. But um, you know. Some of the things that in the, the article that he spoke about is he's got his whiteboard that he ticks off for daily tasks, for example. So we spoke about the whiteboard or the diary mm-hmm. before. He does extra skills two or three times a week. This one, I was like, hallelujah. I hope the kids <laughs> listen to actually, they're not if they don't listen to me, they definitely don't listen to their parents. Hopefully they listen to someone like Will and they read that article and they're in the same age group yeah. because, again, I went down over the summer and I saw a local footy club and they're doing... 10 minutes of skills or a kick around, they're doing 50 minutes of running. Or, yeah, I did some extras this week. I went to the gym two or three times a week, but I did no extras on my skills. So how, how are we going to get better? Yeah. You can get big when you get to a club or you can get big to big later in life um, and look good. Um, you know, it's it's in doing the extras. And, and and actually, the other one he said was was watching vision. That's an extra. That's off feet. That's off load. It's obviously some some um, mental load but it's it's physically load you, you can just sit down and watch a game yeah. or, or learn about things and um, you know he watches other AFL players where the position he wants to play in and um, watches some vision of himself too he's probably fortunate enough he gets his games filmed but you know those little things just tick off those that, that holistic approach and the other one he does is you know he get, he's nutri- make sure his nutrition's right 
um, beach and pool recovery, you know, and then he does his extra gym or he might have an off 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 legs um, you know session, which I think that's really important. Something you might be able to touch on is around those um, conditioning sessions um, that you would probably use as extras in the off season running. Where he's actually doing it, um, you know, off off legs, yeah. and he's doing it. When I say off legs, it's 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 you're on your legs, but you're, you're not running. So yeah, less impact. So boxing three times a week and. Um, you know those those little sessions and top ups are, are that critical. And then when Saturday or Sunday rolls around when you're playing, and he crosses that white line and he knows he's done more than everyone else, and he's got the one of the most talented, of course he's going to play well. Yep. You know, so I just hope that message gets through to again. I'll probably go younger. I reckon it's from the I see it 15 years to 17, 18, probably 17, 18. So it's it's probably more than that 15, 16 age group where. I just yep. see they're not doing enough, and I think that. And again, when I say enough, it's not about burning yourself out and going for ten k runs. Mm. It's about doing it right with method. And I just see that it's you know it's it's peer pressure. They're going to school. They're changing. You know, and they'll talk about young males here, probably in particular, yep. where it's just it's not cool to be seen to be doing extras. Mm. Um, and if your parents are advising on stuff, they're sort of starting to rebel a bit. They're saying, well, you know, what, what would you know, mum and dad, because they're coming young adults. Yep. So again, they come to coaches like me, and they listen a bit to. Hopefully, they do. But then I hope they listen to their peers and someone like Will that's you know got interviewed in this incredible article. And um, yeah, if those listeners out there just Google it, have a look at. Yeah. We might be able to put in our show yeah. notes. Um, it's a great article and, and something to take out if if you really want to get there. Again, it's not for everyone, but if you are and you, you're on that path and you say you want to get there. I'll do yourself a favor and listen to that. Yeah, I mean, if there's any player that's got the right to be complacent, it's probably someone like him who's already at the, the level that he's at. Mm. But he's obviously not. He's got this real growth mindset. And I think um, coming through the, the junior talent pathways, there's media articles now, and there's a bit of hype, and you start getting picked for state teams, mm. and, and you play carnivals, and like you know, might, you might read an article saying that you're going to go, you're going to get drafted. But I think you've got to completely ignore all that and and actually do the work as well and and actually continue working just because you might be considered a good player now doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get drafted so it's a really good example of someone that is putting in the in the work as well yeah it's amazing and i think once he gets to an afl club he's gonna have to he's number 44 in line he might not be literally but you know you sort of go to last in line in the picking order in terms of the list so you got you got to go again you know You've, you've got to you've got to keep going and he's, and he's already practiced the habits that are going to allow him to climb the ladder when he does enter a club at, at number 44. So he's, he's already got those got those skills. Now, obviously, if you're in those NAB, uh, NAB League pathways, you've got access to, to, to some content, um, whether it's, it's game footage like you mentioned. Um, but with the Footy IQ membership that we've, we've got running, we've got um, a, whole bunch of new, uh, a whole bunch of content on there, educational content from, from match footage to game reviews. Um, tips and tricks which is a, a new category that we've put out Rainsy and obviously you were down here in Melbourne and we were, we were filming some tips and tricks uh, a bit of a popular one so far has been the in-swing drop punt which uh, I actually didn't know about until uh, until we were up there filming it uh, could you give the listeners that, that haven't seen that um, that bit of content a bit of an insight into what is the in-swing drop punt well, I've, I've probably nailed it myself. I don't know if it's actually got a name. It's my, my, my dad sort of told me early days um, whether I could nail it. Yeah, whether I could nail it or not. There's a few, yep. Gary Ablett kicks it really well. I remember him kicking sort of, you'll see it on the footy IQ. But actually, dad, fitting dad, I've got some photo. Dad's, I'm in dad's office at the moment. He's got his mark of the year in the background there, I think. So um, he'd be happy with that. But yeah, he, he sort of taught me that from a young age. I used to watch some of his vision. He used to be able to do it and, and sort of taught me. And um, yeah, it's an incredible kick um, around your body. And I think Petrarca does it really well. And you, you can see 
it all through the footy IQ, um, and actually I think the, um, you've you've been able to edit and put in some AFL players like Petrarca to be able to do it, and then it's obviously got the vision of me. Essentially, um, you know, kicking around your body that you probably would do a snap. Um, it's easier to do a snap, but the snap doesn't get you the extra distance that this kick does. It's essentially a drop punt around your body that acts like a snap, but gets more swing. Uh, sorry, gets more distance in the air and and sort of depending on which side of the body yeah. you're kicking, but right, it swings back in. Okay, so if it depends on where you are in a game, you can you can do it around goal. Um, it becomes very handy. Yeah, and I, I automatically think of the Buddy Franklin kick back in his back in his 2008 days, where he, he's got that. Um, like, still now, actually, not just back in. I'm just a Hawthorne supporter, so I'm a bit biased, but um, that when you, when you're on the wrong side for a left footer, for example, where a, a snap would curl back toward the goals, but as a lefty, you can't kick a snap because you don't have enough um, distance, for example. But you can still get the ball to curve back in that in 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 that direction um it's a it's a really interesting kick and i think there's if you watch a game closely since since um since you brought it up i've been sort of watching that in the afl and it, yeah. it happens all the time players use that kick so often you know 40 50 meters out on the boundary on the wrong side um that's a great way to to, to get um yeah a bit more distance and, and, and swing the opposite way which mm. yeah, i think swing, yeah, i think a lot exactly. of players won't uh, won't know how to kick it and that's what the video is all about you go through all the different um key technical points to, to make it happen. Now, Rainsy, another um, another category that we've got on the Footy IQ membership is our AFL key moments. Um, and the first one that we, we released was uh, from Carlton's round two clash with the Western Bulldogs. Um, now, you spoke about their contested craft and um, some we, we sort of introduced some new terms to, to the Footy IQ audience. Did you want to run through what some of those were? Yeah, so we've just got a, a bit of a key moments um, addition that we'll be adding to the Footy IQ around our, our sort of insights uh, library and just giving a bit of an overview of a, a, a clip in a specific game each week. And this one, we've, we've zoomed in on Carlton um, and their ability to get numbers of the contest. So, um, And you'll see me talk about forwards emptying out. So emptying out means clearing out the forward line to put more numbers up the ground when you're defending to be able to put more um, you know density in the ground um, to be able to turn the ball over and obviously then counterpunch the other way um mids getting to the contest we speak about um the forwards then leading their leading patterns getting back to goal when they win it one coming at the kicker one going away um and then the ability to be able to get up and back the in the up and back um on the ground and and your running patterns um forces when you do get that ball inside 50 it acts like the old school wall um if you've got players you know working hard and outnumbering the contest you actually do set yourself up really well in defense so check that one out we'll be adding more onto it um, and me talking a bit about um how it's sort of broken down and key elements terminology in the modern game yeah yeah so these are our little game reviews that we do where obviously ranzi picks a moment and, and and goes through it and we, we we pause and we spend time explaining different um different structures and that forward emptying out one i found really interesting when i first learned it back in the academy i was playing up forward and often if the ball's in your forward line and you're a forward and the ball gets turned over the opposition wins it it's easy just to sort of stay there and wait for the ball to come back but i think in this clip particularly it it shows the effect that forwards can have on team defense if they're proactive when the ball is leaving the forward line and it's probably not something that especially coming through the the younger age group it's probably not something Mm. that you think about as a forward forwards about kicking goals but it's really the first line of of team defense and i think um yeah this clip's a, a really good um example of that and you can you can sort of see it from um from a few different angles now rainsy another uh, exciting category that we've got on the um on the footy iq membership is a performance nutrition category with some uh with some healthy healthy recipes in there your wife elise um has come up with these recipes um did you want to sort of introduce 
Elise to the uh, to the audience and, and yeah, so Elise, a, a, a nutritional medicine practitioner, so she's a qualified nutrition uh, nutritionist and, and also um, in sort of the natural medicine field. But she's created some recipes there that we're going to share. Um, some of my uh, favourite recipes when I was playing football, so some really good ones around snacks, breakfast ideas, um, lunches, you know, things you can eat um, and be healthy. So I think that's a really good addition to the the footy IQ and help some of our parents out there, um, you know, sort of. You know, map out some meals and give them some inspiration also hopefully some of the kids do get in the kitchen because it is a, a healthy habit to be able to cook and provide provide for yourself so yeah some good ones there we just released some jelly some gelatin uh or jelly uh lollies um a, a sort like not sugary ones some actually real real ones um so they got some uh some really good um you know content uh, nutritional content in there and, and um, instead of just going and eating a, a bag of uh, Peter's lollies or snakes or whatever we've actually got some uh, some ones that too taste uh, just as good um, but but um, obviously better for you I'm uh, eyeing off the uh, the chocolate gummies I've got to put that one in the uh, in, mm. in the schedule to, to make up soon but Delicious. It, another another good example of um, if you are motivated by for example um, what you hear about will Ashcroft doing where he's focusing on his nutrition but you don't quite know what that looks like or, or how to improve your nutrition that's that's sort of i guess the the motivation behind this this category is to give resources and, and, and actionables if you are motivated enough to um to improve your nutrition mm-hmm. it's just um yeah another layer that you can that you can add to your game get that uh that extra one percent now rainsy um we also have another new service that we're providing which is an individual kicking analysis with yourself it's all done online through our um, specially made portal. Um, what can footballers expect when they purchase a kicking analysis? It's a great sort of one-stop shop we've got going at the moment with the Footy IQ. So footballers that, again, might be in a regional area but just want to get their kicking analysed, we can in-house, we, we analyse the kicking. So essentially log in, upload the vision of their kicking. Obviously some, some credentials they've got to tick off to make sure it's, it's the right vision and, and things, but it's pretty straightforward. And then we'll send back a full report and analysis of their kicking Um which is really good. So it costs around fifty dollars, um, and it's a yeah a really good way to be able to engage footballers, just giving them that, that opportunity to be able to dissect their kicking and give them some inspiration moving forward. Beautiful, and of course we have a bunch of content coming up soon. And I want to ask you about something a bit more technical, Ramsey, to do with centre bounce setup. So um, we're actually releasing it tonight. The podcast is coming out on Friday, so it, it, when you're listening to this podcast, it'll already be live on the Footy IQ. Um, platform it's, it's center bounce setups in, the, in our afl tips and tricks um category now when we were filming this range you, you you brought up a term called defensive triangle um so for the players and coaches out there that haven't heard of a defensive triangle before um could you just give a, a, a quick overview of what that means and um and how you how you integrate that into the um, into the video yeah, without giving away too much, um, it's it's a, you have to get on there and have a look. But no, the defensive triangle usually in footy terms and centre bounce stoppages when you've got the the momentum against you, but the the centre bounces obviously down. You might have lost the last two or three, or you might be down two or three goals, and the the other team's got a bit of a run up run on. So you set up a bit two numbers behind. Uh, sorry, two numbers two numbers defensive side. Okay, and then one ahead of the ball. Okay, one, sorry, one on your offensive side of the center square pie, if that sort of makes sense. So um, you just give yourself a bit more coverage and be able to sort of, you're nearly going man on man. You're pretty much probably going to, towards him. You never really go man on man or, or player on player in a center bounce. It's, it gets you into bad habits because they can just dictate. Um, and I'll break that down a bit more. But um, yeah, just being able to set up a bit more defensively um, and make sure you've got a bit more awareness and, and you keep your tap as a ruckman pretty. Um, you know, conservative. You're not trying to belt the ball anywhere. You're just trying to keep it nice and tight, and sort of just get that momentum and grind yourself back in the game. 
for sure. I think that's a um, that's a that's a really good clip. Actually, I was watching it this morning. I think there's you can get you can get really complicated with different structures, and you can you can have a million different scenarios and a million different structures. But I think simple terminology like this explained mm. in in depth is is a great way, not only for coaches to understand. Um, you know different ways that they can teach it but also for players because you don't want too many things running through your mind but you need to have a, a general idea of you know you know an offensive setup and a defensive setup at the bare minimum i think if you're playing midfield so um yeah some some awesome little insights in that video um we've also got more tips and tricks coming up uh dribble kick craft um how to kick longer as well, which is, I think, a, a really good one for, for people that, uh, you know, want to add another string to their bow. Uh, and another one as well, how to navigate uh, kicking goals from the boundary. We, we, we see, obviously, you got a, a, a mm-hmm. defender coming at you from the mark and then players coming from the side as well. So you give some really good uh, examples on how to manage that. Um, and we've also got key moments, Ranzi. Uh, what, are, what are those ones? Key moments are exactly what we sort of explained before. We're doing sort of one a week um, and focusing on a, a key clip or a game that was played in the AFL that week. And, um, yeah, so just analysing a breakdown of a, a, the – could be a, a stoppage or a, or a transition where um, something sort of came out of it. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to analysing that specific clip. Could be a couple of minutes long. Might be just one clip and we break it, you know, down to the crux of everything involved in it um, and look at certain players or running patterns or how they're set up. Um, and then, you know, sort of also too on that, just let us know what team player you want to analyse and we can maybe have a look at it and, and put it on the uh, the Footy IQ. So DM on Instagram or email uh, footyiq at oneonefootball.com.au. There's also going to be more recipes added um, and some athletic development drills and much more. Absolutely. And you can actually access them um, all for free at the moment. We've got a free trial on. So if you're if you're interested, like we'd encourage you to jump on, have a look, have a browse. You can view absolutely all of it um, for free at the moment. That, that's the idea is that we, we're providing resources. So if you feel like that these resources are going to help your game, um, yeah, jump on, have a look, can't hurt. Now, Rainsy, um, on that as well, so we've got the seven-day free trial, but we also have a special discount for any podcast listeners uh, who want to sign up to the Footy IQ membership. So you'll get your seven-day free trial, but then you also get a discount, Renzi. Yeah, the first 10 people to use the code PODCASTER, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-E-R, at checkout will get 15% off their membership. And there's only 10 available. So get in um, and make sure you, you get that discount. So yeah, looking forward to our listeners jumping on board that one. Awesome. We'll have all those uh, links and uh, the discount code in the show notes as well. Um, so jump on that one. Now, Renzi, that's about all we've got time for. Um, Looking at the AFL season, Carlton looked really strong initially, but then that loss to the Suns put some question marks. Who's your Who's your tip for the grand final, for the premiership this year? Oh, I think Melbourne is still red hot, mate. Yep. They're going to be hard to beat, but um, yeah, there's obviously a couple pushing in there. The Lions are really like too. So yeah, out of Melbourne and Lions at this stage, but it's very early days, mate. I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of um, seeing how the season um, progresses. Also, Ramsey, Jason Horn Francis, we've got to see him play a few games. What are your initial thoughts on um, on his start to the season? He's very powerful. Um, he's got those danger fill attributes, which mm-hmm. everyone obviously compares him to. And yeah, he's he's going to be a really exciting player. Good above his head, good at ground level, quick, dynamic. So he's obviously going to have his challenges along the way. But yeah, very exciting this pool of draft. I think you've got Dacos, Rochelle uh, from Adelaide. So it's a yeah. it's a really good draft. Yeah, for sure. Plenty of uh, plenty of players to pick from if you are looking for a prototype player that you, that you want to play like. We'd uh, always encourage players to to find someone that, that that they want to play like in the future, and then yeah, watch their game, analyze what they do, what they um, what, what gets them their touches um, that's about all we've got time for Rainsy any any final words before we wrap up mate it's about it mate I think uh, 
let's uh, let's get the season underway in terms of our junior and community football just starting or, or just started. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, everyone getting the boots back on and, and looking forward to big 2022. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll uh, see you for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the one-on-one football podcast. If you got something out of today's episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay updated on special guests, new episodes, and more, please subscribe to the show on your chosen platform. And finally, if you have any questions for Rainsy or myself, or you want to get a particular guest on the show, please reach out. Our email address is podcast at one-on-onefootball.com.au. Thanks, guys. We'll see you for the next episode.